Welcome to Eva, the Relationship Maker podcast, where we talk about successes, life, overcoming challenges, and definitely about relationships, the essence of it all. I have another special person today. Her name is Carolina, and she told me to call her Carol Grails. She was born in Buenos Aires in Argentina, raised in Spain, Barcelona. Uh, She's uh, working for a very big company where she hires people and they specializing in bringing increased revenue for Fortune 500 clients. And she is located now in, um, in New York. And what is so special about Carol that in 2013, she lost her voice but really lost her voice. And I can't even imagine the, how, how she felt when she could not speak or just express herself. But she found a venue where she was able to express herself and that was to dance. And the dance it calls Rueda de Casino. It's like, um, it's similar like the salsa, but it's in circles and I looked it up and it seems really fun. So for the eight years, the next eight years, that was her way of communication, how to communicate. It wasn't her voice, but it was through her body and through the dance. She worked very, very hard to regain her her, uh, speech. She was meditating, yoga, did speech therapy. And six months ago, in 2020, she got back her voice. And I'm getting here a little bit uh, choked up because I just can't even imagine the work you put into all this to to be able to, to be where you are now and be able to speak. So hello, Carol. How are you? Hello, Eva. I'm very glad to be here with you today. Very, very happy. (laughs) Thank you so much. So can you tell me what happened? You just wake up one morning and you say, okay, I cannot speak or what did happen? All right. So uh, first of all, thank you for the introduction. That was wonderful. And yeah, I lost my voice in uh, April 2013. Uh, So... It was a matter of uh, a couple of months, I would say, right? So I was working in a huge consulting uh, project in Boston, and the project was going perfect, but it was very stressful moments in my life. So uh, the reason why I started to lose my voice was because of the stress related I got at work at that moment. So I started to, um, first of all, anything that comes physically and symptoms is normally caused because of a stress problem. So it's very emotionally related, right? So it was not about one day that I just woke up and, oh, I don't have voice, but it was like around two, three weeks that, uh, you know, I was worried, I couldn't sleep well, I woke up and it was hard for me to start putting my words over my voice. So it was a little bit um, decreasing over the weeks, but around two, three weeks, I completely lost it. And what was your first feel, your first instinct? It's like fear? Yes, fear. Yeah, so in the beginning, I was thinking, okay, well, I understand that I am a little bit stressed because I have a lot of work. I was working at the time between 12 and 14 hours per day. Wow. Uh, so I didn't have time for myself, either, you know, to cook uh, something in the evening or whatever. So I was getting very tired. Um, 
you know, a little bit the environment, I would say yours, and then stressful, yeah? Everything was urgent, which I completely understand because uh, these days, you know, big companies have that rush, right? And uh, they want to perform, and performance is on top of everything. But I was starting not to sleep well. And when the person doesn't start, doesn't sleep well, uh, that drains the energy of the person. So when that energy goes away, um, you know, you feel like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So in the beginning, I thought I was sick with the flu. <laughs> so my first reaction was to go to my PCP and say, you know what? I think that I have the flu or something else. What can you do to, um, to help me out? So as any PCP doctor, they gave me antibiotics. <laughs> Yeah. Because they thought I was a little bit with this, uh, not asthma, but these symptoms that people have when they cannot, uh, when they are coughing, when they are, you know, not swelling well. well. So, you know, during one month I was worried um, because I thought I was with the flu, you know, this typical spring flu. I say, you know, maybe it's going to go away, but it didn't, and it got worse. Mm -hmm. And that was the point one month after where I realized this was a stress-related problem. Mm -hmm. And I went initially to my PCP doctor. She didn't know what was going on. So, well, they then told me, well, you need to relax. Maybe you need to get a new dog. <laughs> I say, yeah, but how can I get a dog when I am working 14 hours per day? I cannot take care of my dog. And plus, my real dog was living with my parents in Washington, D.C. So I did have a doggy. But I didn't sell my dog every four months, five months when I went to visit my parents. So, um, yeah, the first reaction was obviously with your inner circle, right? Your family, when they call you through phone, they say, what's going on? You know, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And I don't know how to fix this. And I was scared. The first reaction was fear. So did they give you a diagnostic or, I know the first thing doctors come and it's like, oh, take the pill instead of looking what is behind it. Uh, do they ever find out what was wrong with your voice? No. They, they never found out until six months ago. And what was, what was it? What was the diagnostic? Yeah, so six months ago in November uh, 2020, so that was almost eight years after the first symptom appeared, they said that I had a dysphonia, spasmodic dysphonia, which means it's a issue on the vocal cords mm -hmm. where the... Um, how do you say it? When the person speaks, yes. the voice doesn't come out as natural. Mm -hmm. And that's called, that's a physical issue on the body caused by a stress-related um, uh, problem. You know, it's very interesting because I know when I don't sleep for a few days in a row, like I have a cough, I'm losing the voice, and I know everything is stress-related. And it's yeah. funny that 
um, we have all these pills, but the most important thing, it's not taken care of, it's the stress. And it's the stress is super high, special now when you don't know. Yeah, yeah. And for you to get from where you were to get here, I mean, you had to have mental strength and the willingness and the and to see yourself that you're going to, to speak again, right? Uh, if I have to tell you, at that time, I was the first fear that I had was not being able to speak back again. Because I was honestly two, three years after that, the following two or three years, uh, I couldn't speak at all a single word like I am doing right now with you. I was going to work. I was in the same environment, toxic environment at work. And that didn't help me. You know, the projects I was in were stressful. I was also bullied at work and bullied, you know, at work and outside work. Um, that was my perception and the reality that I lived at that time. So your perception becomes your reality. Yeah. So I immigrated from Spain two years before that. And that experience of being by myself in a new city without my family was hard because, you know, the first thing that the human being does is socialize, try to adapt again in the social environment that you are in, in the new city or the new place that you are in. And if that person does not fit in that environment because there are other circumstances that don't allow the person to fit in, then that causes a strength, a health uh, stress problem for the person, especially when someone really likes to socialize, ask me. I am a very social person. I love to be with people. I'm not extroverted. But I am very social, right? So, and that means that, you know, the human being by nature needs to be around other human beings. And when the person is isolated for a very long time, working long hours under a very stress-related environment, you know, the mental health goes down. And that's exactly what happened to me. Like my inner, the circle that was surrounding me at that time, locally, didn't help me. Okay, I'm not gonna blame anybody, <laughs> but that was, that's what happened to me at that time. I was looking for a group of belonging and I didn't find it at that time. They reject me in many ways. And that rejection caused me trouble, right? So looking over, answering your question, how did I overcome this? Well, first of all, when the person has an issue, you need to acknowledge you have an issue. In the beginning, it's hard because you don't realize or you don't want to realize and acknowledge that you have an issue. Because you can't believe it in the first time. Imagine a, a runner who normally runs marathons and suddenly in a matter of two weeks, that person cannot run any marathon anymore. How that person is gonna feel then you're gonna feel like shit. And excuse me the expression, but that's the reality. And that's what happened to me. 
you know, um, people, I mean, we are social beings and mm -hmm. we need communities for us to help us, to sustain us, to, to you know, to uh, for us to rely on something that is bigger than us. It's not only us and yes. it's very hard. And I kind of can relate just a little bit with your story because when I emigrated in uh, Canada, I didn't speak the language. So the way how I was going around to shop, it was a pad I, and a pen and I was drawing what I wanted. So I had no voice and it was extremely frustrating, but I had the choice to learn faster and I still met people. So I cannot even imagine how hard it is not being able to express yourself. And, and especially when you are in a new city in a new place and no friends. That's why maybe you are such good friend with Nanny because <laughs> she's yeah. also very social. Yeah, and uh, I love Nanny. She's amazing. We met in Boston when after, you know, I had this issue uh, that I'm gonna tell you in a bit, right? Uh, through the dancing community. But the thing is that a lifelong learning that I learned from this, and it took me a while to process all this information was how important is your environment that you, the people that you hang out with is extremely important. Because if you are hanging out with people toxic, you're gonna become toxic. It's true. And if you are hanging out with people that they are inspirational people, you're gonna become inspirational as well. Because right. social human beings, we like to um, imitate other behaviors. And part of our living and goal is to you know, being elevated in that level that we, with we identify ourselves. Mm -hmm. So be careful with who do you hang out with and who do you identify yourself? Because that's gonna affect emotionally and mentally, even if you don't realize, yeah. So, saying that, show me your, show me yeah. your friends, and I'm going to tell you who you are. Exactly, it's true. Exactly, that's the point. So, at that time, I had a really bad luck because I met some people at that time that I thought they were nice people, and they bullied me at the end, and that hurt my, that broke my heart. You know, it's like. I don't know, when the person is with a relationship, they thought, they think that it's a good person, the other person, and suddenly something happens that the other person is a bad human being, or they simply don't fit with your lifestyle. And that shocking is just like a, it's like a shock, and you get upset. Well, that upset, that upset face, generates the symptoms, yeah? And uh, so what I thought at that time was, okay, I'm having a really tough time. I'm gonna survive. That's the first reaction is survival. I have to say one thing is that at that time, uh, at that time that um, I started to have my symptoms, you know, lost a voice, not sleeping well, I lost uh, weight, which, uh, you know, I've been normally a, a little bit of a worry because I like to eat. <laughs> um, I lost weight because of stress and that was a bad sign, you know, and, um, and also, uh, that time there were the the Boston bombing marathon. Yes. And I got freaking scared because, you know, I know we're not talking about politics today, but I am a very peaceful person in a sense. And mm -hmm. I cannot 
understand, my mind doesn't understand when things like this happen. I, I hear you. I'm, I'm and, totally with you. And I got scared. I'm like, what in the world happened? So that week, isolated in my small apartment studio by myself, fearing that, you know, something really bad was by itself outside in the streets because there was a lockdown. That scared me the hell out of me. But okay. you know what? You always have to say, people, some people, you think they are your friend. Yes. But um, it turns out that they are not. Mm-hmm. But you get people in your life to teach you something. Yes. So it's not that they've not been um, friends with you and mm-hmm. you, you think that they, uh, they um, uh, betrayed you. But yeah. maybe you needed something to learn from that lesson. And if you take it like this, it's not going to be that negative one. Exactly. So in the beginning, it was hard to acknowledge this because the person, when they have these symptoms and this, you know, you are like in a cloud. You don't see that. You, you, you cannot see what, what's the learning thing behind that experience, right? So what I did and what I realized is like, okay, I'm not sleeping well. I'm having this issue. We'll see what happens. The number one thing is that I switched the group of dancing I was in. The first group of dancing was one of the toxic places I was in. I say, you know what? I need to get out of there. No, I am. A, I love dancing. Dancing is my passion. I didn't want to get out because that's my passion. But if the environment is toxic, you need to get out of there. So the first decision I I did was I need to get out of there because even if at work I am stressed, I need to keep working right now because I'm here with the visa, you know, and stuff. So the first thing I I did is, okay, I'm going to release from myself all the the things that I can control, which is the first group of dancing that I I don't feel I am belonging. Although I did two very good friends from there that I've kept until today. Uh, They are wonderful girls. I love them. Um, so, you know, from every experience, even if it's a bad experience, I always tend to keep them good of me. Yeah. Good. That's very important because not everybody knows how to do this. So the first thing was, okay, I'm going to leave dancing for a, for a while and see if I can find something else because I needed my activity. I am a very active person. In reality, not this quarantine year. This quarantine year has been <laughs> not really good. Not <laughs> good for anybody. <laughs> but I'm really waiting, you know, to go out again and having fun and, you know, meet wonderful people again. Yeah. So the first thing that I did was, okay, I went for a coffee by myself one day in Boston. And I said... First of all, I was not used to hang out with myself. So I had to learn how to start living that independent life, you know, going and hanging out with myself and having fun with that. Because I was so afraid of solitude. I didn't know how to stay alone. Because I've always been in a wonderful family environment and with my friends and Spain and everything. So a very huge learning I did after that was knowing how to be by myself. Even if I had to go to the coffee shop and take a coffee with my, by myself. So learning how to be alone, independent, that helped me to make the change. 
And after that, after going and hanging over by myself a couple of times, I, I met someone that once he told me, you know what, I'm having this wonderful um, uh, Rueda glasses. You know what is Rueda? And I'm like, yeah, I've heard of it. I've danced a little bit in my previous group. Yeah, let's go. This was two months or three months, two, three months after I started to have the sun. By that time, I couldn't speak at all. I went to this place with this guy, a friend of mine, and he said, you know, this group is um, dancing rhythm. And then I saw that wonderful group dancing in a circle with the rhythm of salsa, which is something it comes from my heart. It's in my blood. I am a Latina. So, you know, that sounds natural on me. And I said, wow, I love this. And I saw the good feeling that everybody was having at that time. I am a very um, observer person and I can feel watching people if they are really having fun or not. What's their emotions between them? Only by one sight. And I say, and the group leader, which is called Jose Barreto, I met him over there. And he said, come, come, join us without even knowing. Do you dance a little bit redder? Do you know salsa? I'm saying, yes, of course. I've been dancing salsa back in Spain, right? But I have no idea about whether I learned a little bit in the previous group, but that was completely new for me. And he said, it doesn't matter. Just come out and hang out with us. That invitation changed my life because having someone really gentle that he was, you know, he's been doing this for many years, having this uh, conversation after this dance, I had a first laugh after so many months of stress. That was my first day, I had fun. And I will never forget this, you know? So that sense, that invitation from this person says, you know, I don't know you, but I want you to belong to my group. That was what clicked on me. That was the thing I say, I want to be like this. I want to, you know, fight this bullying because bullying is a, you know, a heavy uh, disease nowadays in this society. Mm -hmm. The opposite of bullying is in being inviting, generate the sense of belonging in this society. And that's what this wonderful man did for me. And that time we had a great time dancing. Everybody was like, who are you? What's your name? Everybody was like so welcoming. That sense of welcoming, belonging, invitation, you know, hear me, my heart. I was, that was my hope. That was like, oh, good people are, are still here. There are still good people in the world. I still can fix this. I have time to fix this. So that was the time, sorry, I'm, I'm explaining a lot of things, Eva, but you can see my passion, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I took out three uh, ideas of what was your lesson by, by losing your voice. Mm -hmm. Do you know which were the three ideas that I have that you lost your voice, what happened? Let me guess, <laughs> the sense of belonging. I didn't have a sense of belonging. No. 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 The environment. First of all, you found yourself, you were put in a place 
that you have to think who you are. And very few people are able to go into that, that mindset that they find who they are. By finding who you are, you found your passion. And when you started talking about the, the, the dance, suddenly it's like the whole screen lit up. And the other one, by not being able to talk, usually we have five senses, six, but I'm going to work with the five. When one gets um, pressed down, the other take over. And your, your observation, it, it's really heightened. And you were able to pinpoint the, the people who are, uh, and feel the people who are nice or not. Those are the three, three things that I took out. Am I right? I very, I very much agree with that. And that's a wonderful re reflection, Eva. And the things that, you know, when you're not able to use one of your senses, which was my voice, mm -hmm. it's okay, it's mouth, but it's also your sense of, you know, everything is related. You become to develop other senses, mm -hmm. which I use this in observation. The sight and the hearing develop more because you cannot express what you are experiencing inside you. So what you do is you start gathering all that information coming from the outside and that clicks on your mind. So what happens is, why I'm telling you this, because that time, that day, that person told me, you need to come to these classes with me because you are having fun and you can be really good dancing on this. And I think you can help me out organizing these events. I'm like, whoa, like we just met each other. He's like, yeah, but I know who you are. And I'm like, how do you know it? I don't even know who I am on this. But he saw that. He saw my potential, my, my potential. But so he knew that I was going to be there every freaking week in class helping him out. And but you know what? what? You know what? By that time, you knew who you are and you say you don't, but you do. You did. And you knew what kind of people you want around yourself because you had the, the experience of the not so good people and yes. the bullies. Yes. And when you are open, people guys show up in your life and it, it's, it's, you say it's a miracle. It's not because you work towards that. So, and yeah. you know, whoever you says any universe, you, yeah. pull, you throw in the universe what you really want to attract. And that's what I, why I wanted to interview you because you are an inspiration to people who might be lost at this point. Maybe they lost their eyesight, maybe they lost their voices and how to deal with it, what they can do to overcome it. It took eight years, eight yeah. years is a long time, but you did it, look at you. Thank you and believe me, it was a lot of struggle because I was, you know, I started to do this dancing part, becoming part of this group, you know, going every week. I am a person who commits in that commitment that it's part of my personality, helped me to, okay, I'm gonna do this and this and this, and that's gonna help me to heal myself. So what happened is, and sorry that I am going a little bit long, but <laughs> Go ahead. You know, it's your time. It's eight years, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's difficult to explain that quickly because you need to understand, the public needs to understand what was the trigger of all of this, right? So. I started to go that summer, I became, I found this new group the summer of 2013. And I was like, wow, I found my new family in Boston. So I started to hang out with them, even without boys. They say, don't worry, do you need boys to dance? No, right? That's what they told me. Or they told me, you don't need to speak to dance. 
right? Then you come with us. And I'm like, you're right. This guy really knows what he's talking about, right? <laughs> he's one, um, he's one of the most savvy persons I've ever met. So, you know, probably we <laughs> might have to interview him as well if he wants, because he is a really savvy person, wonderful family. He's a wife as well, you know. And they created this group called Boston Rueda, where it was multicultural group, people from all ages, all races, from everywhere in the world. They created this group. And you know, maybe I was hanging out with someone 30 years more than me, or 20 years less than me. It doesn't matter, we are all the same. And I learned that, you know, age and origin, and race makes no difference when people really want to hang out with themselves. And that's the beauty of the dance. That's what makes people belonging to a group. So he said, you know, you're learning this too quickly. What can I do with you? I say, you know, what can I do with you, for you? And I offer, me, I offer myself because they include me in the group that belonging, that sense of belonging that I really needed at that time made me become a better person. So I started to help them out. Every summer I was organizing the Rueda events while Jose was out of town in, in Europe in Rueda festivals. It's like, you are the one who knows how to get people get together. I'm saying, yeah, but I don't have voice. Don't worry, you have the power of, of gathering people together and then you will find someone with voice who needs to call all the steps. You don't need to be the one who does that. Just use another person or take somebody else, you know, to, to partner up with you. So that's what I did. And we created a wonderful group. And you're the organizer to your organizing yeah. events. I was a co-organizer for so many years in Boston. Yeah. Every single summer, we were doing every Wednesday, I believe, and every Sunday, going to the park, going to the beach, going to uh, uh, doing Rueda flash moves. And then when we started traveling, we started traveling to uh, New York, D.C., Virginia, uh, Canada. Uh, we went to London, Norway, uh, you know, Malaga in Spain. So we, I, this didn't only open me the door in Boston, but in an international level. So I became Arrueda ambassador in the international level. Good. Oh, excellent. Congratulations. And we, and we started to build this wonderful community with other Rueda teachers where I love them. Like, you know, we are waiting for the world to heal so that we can travel back again for this. And, you know, this wonderful community, what I've been doing is I need someone or I go somewhere and I create a Rueda group or I gather people that they don't know how to do, come with me and you're gonna have fun dancing Rueda. So I always include people to come and through the dance, they can heal, they can get relaxed, they can learn a new skill, they can coordinate their body because Rueda is a lot of coordination, it's super healthy for this and yeah. the body. But you need to think, you need to listen to the caller. There is a caller saying, this that they need to do so this listening development development of the listening skills that I developed because I couldn't speak that I applied that on the rueda on the but dancing you know what uh, it's one of the things that it's proven that music and dance it's very healing 
people who have like Alzheimer's or people who have dementia, yes. they are they are surrounded with people who are surrounded with music and dance. They are they are much better, much more coherent than the people who are just left on their on their place. So it's wonderful, it's magical. Wonderful. I mean, what can I say? You know, dancing has multiple uh, benefits, and one of it is the mental benefit. It's not only to move your body. Yes, you move your body, but um, you learn a new skill. You you learn from the um, all the um, how do you say the intellectual because there is an intellectual exercise over there, and then especially the sense of belonging in the community. Oh, we're meeting on Wednesday at five p.m. Okay, good. Leave everything. What are you doing? Come in with me, and then after the after the dance, we're gonna learn new stuff. We're gonna have so much fun, we laugh at class because when somebody, you know, even if I fucked up on a step, I laugh by myself, I laugh of myself. So you learn how to laugh about your own errors. <laughs> you right? know, it had been such that a long, such a long time to to meet someone who has so much passion. It's like, <laughs> like I'm listening to you. I said, okay, I want to dance. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm, I'm telling you because so this became part of me and I started to, you know, write about this. And even people, when I went to Spain, I had to go back to Spain because of my, um, you know, paperwork situation for a while. And because I was changing jobs and stuff. And when I was in Spain, I created a new group from scratch. I didn't know anybody. What did I do? I went one day to a park knowing that I am an expert on this and I know the power of gathering that I have because I've been doing that for years. I went to a park without knowing anybody. I created a Facebook event and see what happens. 50 people showed up and I, my voice was not perfect. I could speak a little bit, but you know, it, it was hard to understand me at that time. This was three years ago. No, a little bit more, three, three and a half. I met, I created a group. I started to do, they, they asked me. So I met these two people. At that time, they didn't know me. They say, where did you came from? I'm like, hello. <laughs> from another planet. You know? I don't know, I just came out from anywhere. It's like, you have to start doing classes. Like, that's mandatory. Please create a class for us. Because I need to learn. And this person was a salsa teacher. She asked me to do classes for her in a small group because they were so curious about all the new things that I was bringing in. Just think they've never seen that in their life. What those creations, I created that with Jose and all this international wonderful community. We created something that is called Reda Structures, which is, you know, another level on the dancing uh, spectrum, something really new that appeared six, seven years ago, never before. So we are doing this by like creating a new, uh, a new dish, let's say, right, for a restaurant. Yes. So we created this new dish, and we've been, you know, eventing, creating, doing workshops, festivals around this. But so much fun meeting wonderful people all around the world. That's the power of dance. You know what? Um, I'm going to ask you at the end, if somebody is in your place and they have a problem, 
Can you give them one, two, or three tips how they can overcome it, what to do, where to go, how, how to, to deal with it? Can you give me two or three ideas? So first of all, the first exercise I would do is, am I in the appropriate environment? Am I in the appropriate place right now? And if the answer is no, then write down everything that bothers you of the current environment. Number one. Number two, what is the environment you want to be in? What would be the environment that you're going to feel well about yourself? That, that's going to tell you where you need to go. So number one tells you where you at and what's the issue. Number two is the environment that you want to go what kind of people do you want to hang out with? Who are you going to ask for help? Ask for help. You need to ask for help. But you're going to ask for help once you realize where the issue is. And if the issue is in the environment that happened in my case, you need to first realize about that. So one point would be realizing about the environment, where you are, where you want to go. Second recommendation is ask for help. And if you don't find that help in the beginning, just go and be curious and look for answers. Because I didn't have my answer until six months ago. I went to so many doctors during eight years. They said, you are fine physically. You know how hard is that? Yeah, I know. That people tell you, no, this is how you are. I'm like, no, this is not who I am. I used to speak perfectly before. I used to be a chatter. <laughs> I I learned how to chat before I learned how to 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 walk when I was a baby. My mother always tells me. So how in the world you are a specialist doctor, you are a ENT doctor, and you tell me that I am okay. I went to the boys uh center in Boston where many, many singers like Adele, like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah. Julie uh, Andrews. Julie Andrews. She went there to fix her vocal cords. I went there, they did me a laryngoscopy. They say, you are fine. I'm not fine. I want you to tell me what's going on. Because I know that's the issue. I went there, so many doctors, of course, um, you know, psychotherapists, you know, all these kind of, you know, um, I, I've done yoga, meditation, uh, even people told me, you need to do crystal clearing. <laughs> Basically be in charge with your own body because nobody else knows your body better than you. Exactly. Nobody knows your experience better than you. You are the one who really knows everything about that experience. And that experience is your mind and your body and your heart. That's true. So if you don't find the answers in the beginning, go and be curious. Go and search for those answers. Be yeah. persistent. Be persistent on finding a solution in that part of the environment. So first of all, you need to have your environment fixed because otherwise these people are going to give you wrong um, recommendations about how to pick your issues. So environment is first. Second, look for answers. And third, uh, you know, do whatever they Find your tribe, find your tribe, 
find your tribe. My tribe was the Rueda de Casino tribe. I didn't even know what was it when I was in Barcelona. And I have written blog posts about this. I've made so many bands that they are the base of the music. I've learned about, you know, how these Afro-Cuban roots, you know, all the culture related with the Cuban culture. I love it. Fascinating. I know. Fascinating. You know, I've met so many good people around this. Not everybody is good. Not everybody is same as welcoming. But you know what? You are the one who is going to make the change. Don't wait for anybody else to make that change and invite you. I say, you know what? If they don't invite me, I'm going to be the one who creates the events and I'm going to be the one who invites people. Then you become a leader in your tribe and nothing is going to stop this. There's no one who can stop a person who is passionate, who really likes to help others. Because I love to help people. I've been teaching people who they are deaf how to dance. How do you teach someone who doesn't hear the music? That's magic. Well, there is a way how to do it. Yes, there is. Do it through the vibrations on the floor. There is a methodology how to do that. I love to help people like this. I have to tell you that I had so much fun interviewing you. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to send you the tape too so you can use it. Thank you. And I mean, you, your happiness and your energy is just contagious. Thank you so much. much, And there's one little thing I want to say. Yes. People are going to ask, well, how did you fix yourself, right? Well, I look for those answers. Obviously, I found really good professionals that they helped me out and fixed my issue, first of all. And then... I did a lot of speech therapy. Yeah. So through speech therapy and persistence and going there every single week and doing my exercise every single day, I was able to gain my voice back. Thank you so much. Thank you. And all the best. Really, you are an inspiration. Thank you so much. It's been so nice. Thank you. Thank you for listening and I hope you find inspiration in this amazing story of Carol. When you think you can't, she just prove it that you can. Don't forget, without love, life has no purpose. Love yourself first, love others. And until next time, goodbye.